Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Tech Connect Podcast. I'm John Martin. And I'm Dean Reverman. Dean, um, here's like a Jeopardy-style answer oh, for you. Okay, okay. Cryptocurrency. Yes. Blockchain, NFTs. What is the modern payment? I don't know. I always thought you were going to say, like, what is things I don't know enough about? <laughs> <laughs> what is things I don't know enough about? I'll go with that one. Because we've, we've talked sure. about this on the show before. We've brought these concepts up many times over in yes. different ways. And we yes. admit that we're not experts. Not, clearly. We're not super comfortable with them. We don't actually engage in any of them ourselves Correct. at this point in Correct. time. Correct, yes. Uh, you don't have any cryptocurrency. I do not. I'm I, okay. I'm, currently I, I, do not. I don't either. I don't yeah. know that I will, at least right. not anytime soon. So, But we but we know people are talking about this. Oh, they're, yeah. They're interested in this topic. And in fact, yep. one of our listeners, in fact, reached out and uh-huh. asked, us to do an episode about crypto and blockchain, NFTs, et cetera, and what that means in the world of ours. We're going to tackle just one of those today. We're going to get into a deeper dive onto the cryptocurrency side. We've yes. got John Decker from Blockchip with us today. He we got the up, guy. Yes. And no, he's he, the guy. He is the guy. To get us all straight. He, he's going to help us tackle this and dive into some <laughs> of the questions that we have right alongside what you guys have That's about right. this particular topic. Yeah. So we're going to talk about what does the market actually look like? Uh, what does this mean for VARs and ISVs? Yep. Is there really any any option uh, ability for revenue yet right. there out of this. Yep. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're going to talk a little bit about an article he wrote about kind of comparing mm-hmm. uh, the moment to some something else that you know our VARs have encountered in the past. Yep. And we'll get into a little bit about his company, Blockchip, and what, how they help as well. So Got a lot to cover here, man. That's right. Plus our usual value to the VAR and what's tech connecting with us. It's time to plug in and get connected. Welcome to the Tech Connect Podcast. It's time to get connected. All right, so today's episode is brought to you by Intel, who wants to remind you uh, that Bon Appetit, uh, Blue Star's yes. channel-only channel cooking, cooking show, show, one of a kind, yes. is back for a new season. Uh, you should be checking it out. Rob Rizzini from Intel is doing mm-hmm. a great little segment with us on a few episodes called mm-hmm. Mixing It Up with Intel. Yes. Because not only do you want to learn how to cook, you want to learn how to make have some, some drinks along the way, too. Yeah, exactly. Come on, yeah. So check that out. Uh, you can find it on YouTube. Obviously, we have a playlist there. Make sure you're following us on socials and get, you know getting our emails because we will alert you when new episodes are airing because there's a special live only event for each episode when it airs and then you can watch it again later so check out bone appetek yes sir all right as i mentioned our guest today is john decker john is the ceo of Blockchip. john thanks so much for joining us today tell us a little bit about yourself uh your day-to-day life and and how did you get where you are at Blockchip? yeah thank you gentlemen first i want to say thanks for having me on the show it's a pleasure to be on here and man i gotta check out that cooking show too i didn't realize you guys did that that was kind of a surprise <laughs> it's good to hear so yeah you know i started my you know, my whole journey with blockchip i was in the mercury days as everybody remembers mercury back in the day uh you know fun times of integrating with you know all these different software providers and of course as they got acquired as everybody else got acquired in the payment space i found my journey into the point of sale world and when I was in the point of sale world, this way I met my co-founder, Jeff Payne, a brilliant, you know, developer on his side. He's our CTO now. And, you know, we discovered that payments is just still riddled with problems, just a lot of technical problems, a lot of issues. And that's where Blockchip was founded, right? We, we, started, we said, hey, we got to fix this. We got to do integrations better. We got to do payments better. We got to support these ISVs, these bars better. And that's what we really concentrate is a payment company that puts technology first instead of sales first. So. 
that was the whole thought process. That was the whole innovation of Blockchip. And then we stumbled on great technology. Uh, you know, blockchain in this space is not used at all. And we said, how could we use it? How can we utilize it? How can we make this better? And we've been running blockchain technology on our gift card platform for the last three years. And so that really made it so we kind of explore the space, understood the space. And then we start, you know, looking into crypto technologies and launching Bitcoin here pretty shortly as well. And so we can kind of move to that next scale. Um, and I think that's the biggest thing that we've learned on through all this is that crypto is a great buzzword. So is blockchain, but you got to find a practical use for it. And that's what we've dedicated ourselves to do. Great. See, we've got the perfect yep. person to help us navigate these questions that we have. Yeah, exactly. Everybody has, but John's actually in the field plowing yeah. it and making this stuff This is one of those ones where I feel like you and I are going to do a lot less talking than usual. <laughs> a lot. Because we're just so going to be like I'm just going to sign notes. off right yeah. now. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. We'll just let, let John take it away here. Well, then, it's a complex base, gentlemen. It's complex. So I don't... I, I don't know if I'm the expert, but I'm going to try my best for you. Yes, sir. <laughs> More so of an expert than us. Let's put it that way. Yeah. Uh, so when I was doing my research here a little bit about blockchain and Bitcoin and some stats behind it, um, I found things like, you know, there are more than 270,000 confirmed transactions of Bitcoin daily. Mm -hmm. About 46 million Americans, which is roughly 22% of the adult population, owns a share of Bitcoin. Surprising to me. I, I thought so, too. 29% mm -hmm. of millennial American parents own cryptocurrency. Mm -hmm. But also 24% of Americans said they don't understand how <laughs> cryptocurrency works, let alone a Bitcoin wallet. Which I think is low. I think it's a lot I more don't understand probably, how it works. I think there's yeah. a lot of people who, who, there's a lot more that would claim they understand yeah. it. Oh, but yeah, I not know how it works. Really, right. <laughs> So from your perspective, John, what is the what does the crypto market look like right now? Where where actually are we? Yeah, you know, the biggest thing that we've learned is you got to separate the blockchain technology from the crypto technology, right? They're two separate things in my book is blockchain can be used in a lot of different cool ways to keep information, keep information secure, right? All the blockchain technology is a distributed ledger. Now, crypto is on top of that, right? So that's that's how it got, all got founded. That's how it started to work. The problem with the crypto industry right now, though, is there's no regulation. There's no central body on it. And But that's kind of the whole point of crypto, right? They wanted decentralized. They wanted to get rid of, rid of these, you know, back-end banks, the Federal Reserve and all that kind of stuff. But it's, it's a curse and a blessing. When you have no regulation, now you end up with a thousand coins. You end up with scam coins where people just say, hey, buy my coin, dump into it. And that's the pump and dump scheme where somebody gets all their money and then they dump the coin and then the people are left holding the bag, right? The SEC had to step into it. So it's a complex area where who is the coin? What is the wallet? There's a lot of wallets out there. And that's how you distribute those coins as well is, hey, I got Bitcoin and I got Coinbase. You know, Coinbase has a wallet now where I can now start using that to interact with people. But is that the universal where all these stores and locations are going to use? Who knows, right? Binance is another trading platform. They, there's other wallets. There's other types of things that can interact. But it's not a universal, hey, here's a Visa card. Go out and pay. So that's a lot of the confusion that's in the space is, do I go buy Dogecoin? Do I go buy Ethereum? Do I go buy Bitcoin? How do I make that work, right? And so... That's a lot of the problems that we're having in this crypto space is who is going to be the leader and who are we going to really actually attach ourselves to? What do you think we're seeing in the marketplace there, John? Let's focus in on the crypto part, right? I mean, Bitcoin, what was the somewhere in there? I read that like 90 percent of people, you Americans have heard of Bitcoin. Right, right. And, yeah. and but you're to your point, just on the cryptocurrency side here, there's thousands of them, I guess, at this point. Right. I mean, 
they're, they're just they're everywhere. So wh- where are we? How's the marketplace reacting? That is is Bitcoin going to be the winner? I mean, since they were kind of the early adopter or is Elon going to be successful? With Doge? I mean, where where do you see this? Ha- I know you're, you're already like, Dean, don't ask me that question. Where's it going to be in three to five years? I don't know. I'm going to shake my ball. And listen, if I knew how to predict this, I would have been a Bitcoin millionaire a long time ago and I wouldn't even have blockchain, right? (laughs) But at the same time, you know, what we're finding in the marketplace is you got to go with the biggest name. And the problem is the biggest name is Bitcoin. Everybody knows it. Everybody understands it. But it's the worst technology out there when it comes to cryptocurrency. It takes two to five hours, sometimes even eight hours to make sure the transaction runs through and gets actually deposited. It's not instantaneous. You know, Ethereum is actually a better technology, does, you know, lattices and all that kind of stuff that makes it easier, quicker, faster to do. And I think Ethereum might overtake Bitcoin eventually, but there's not a lot of people that heard of Ethereum. And so for us at Blockchip standpoint, we're going rolling out with Bitcoin first because it's the most household name. And so you have to, which creates a lot of challenges because you have to get around that two to five hour time. Sometimes it could be 24 hours because what happens with Bitcoin is if, hey, let's say, Dean, I'm going to give you one Bitcoin, right? Well, I have to pay the transaction fee because I'm transferring it to you. The receiver doesn't pay the transaction fee. It's the sender. Well, they get to say, hey, I will pay, what, $10 to transfer that. Well, that's, if I pay $10, that means a miner will make $10 on that. And so they're willing to mine it and do it. But the average, you know, right now, I think the average right now is around $1.50, is what the you know the Bitcoin is at, and that's what we are studying right now. Is what is the average transaction cost, and kind of getting that through. But if somebody can set the limit to twenty cents, hey Dean, I'm going to give you a million dollars, but I'm going to set it to twenty cents. Nobody's going to work it. I might get the goods and services from you, and then all of a sudden that transaction never goes through, and then you never got your million dollars. So these are the com- yeah, it's a nightmare scenario. So these are the complexities you have to work around. And make sure you do like one of the things we're doing at Bitcoin is, hey, yes, this this wallet is real. Yes, this has a high likelihood to going through because based on how much they're willing to pay, get this transaction to go through as well. So that's the kind of things you have to do as a technology company to enable Bitcoin to kind of give the merchant more ease. Right. So do you think the processors are going to help regulate that then? I mean, is, is that going to be part of the whatever, you know, in order for this to be a legitimate form of currency, it's got to play under some rule sets, I guess. Is that what is that somebody what, has to assign the value, right? Well, not, but I like where you're going. I didn't even know about the transaction part. You just opened me up to a, yet another new world of crypto. You know, who's paying that transaction fee? Well, okay. I mean, we know the world of credit cards and how that lives and, and processors can set their own, you know, right. Uh, what their terms are and, and what they're going to be charging for it. But but now, I mean, this is this is a different world. So how does that – this is really intriguing. How does that play out? Who makes those rules? Well, it, it's totally the seller gets to make the rule. That, that's the problem with it is that big, Bitcoin is unregulated. They don't want it to be regulated. The whole, the whole idea and the whole genesis of it is to be unregulated. Right. And so – you want it to be unregulated, but the only way it can work is, is if it is regulated, right? <laughs> that's, that's a dichotomy so, I have in my mind yeah, right now. I'm trying yeah, to – right, yeah, exactly. So, you know, right now we're just thinking of it as enablement. Like, right, what we're doing is it's, we're calling it an enablement fee. We're not calling it a processing fee because we're really not processing it as a processor. That's between you and the wallets and going through. We're just enabling it on your point of sale system so you can make it to work. 
And that, that's, that's kind of the only workaround we see as a processor to kind of really make this something that works on its own. Now, we have our own ideas of a, you know, having our own crypto or having our own coin that might be regulated by a processor that actually works through. And that's honestly what our gift card system is. We get to regulate it. We get to control it. We get to do all that. And, and we get to make sure that everything works the way it's supposed to work. That's right. That's right. So it, it makes a very interesting situation, right? And so a lot of these people are, are viewing it, hey, it's, yeah, it's something, a currency they want to go pay with. But at the same time, they're like, no, this is an investment too. I don't want to give you my investment. I want to see how far it goes because there's still people that think it's going to be a hundred thousand dollars, you know, per coin. I, I I can't wrap my head around that, but at the same time, when it was at two hundred dollars, I couldn't wrap my head around forty thousand dollars a coin. Yeah, crazy. Maybe that's what's I don't know. Maybe that's what's messing with my head is that it, it does feel very arbitrary at the moment. Still, it, it is. It's well, still because it, right. because again, it's 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 hard to it's hard to quantify something that we basically all are just deciding has a certain value. <laughs> And if you get enough people that have decided this has the value, and granted, let's be honest, that's what money is in begin with, too. At some point in time, I was we decided say that that's currency. Yeah, right? we that decided that a dollar system. was worth a dollar, yeah. and what that actually means. But and I is, just think we're we're still in this wild west where we don't. It quite is a little bit yet. of the wild yeah. west, but there are some things that you look. I know we went off the gold standard in the seventies. Right. I mean, it used mm-hmm. to be that you know if you had whatever a U.S. dollar that that was pegged to actual gold sitting right, somewhere. Right, right. Uh, so when we went off the dollar, I mean, in defeat, yeah, I understand that, but still. You know the U.S. government's ability to collect tax, collect taxes, and stuff right, like that right. means it's it's a stable form of transfer. So, I, not to get into a currency discussion <laughs> right. here because yeah. that's really I would lose that every time. I have no idea. Yeah, but 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 I think John's done a, a really good job. I agree. The other part of it, though, I did want to kind of hone in on a little bit is because you're right to block them out or to separate them. There's crypto and then there's blockchain. So let's talk about blockchain. That's part of the technology that you're utilizing. Any advancements or anything that we need to know about on the blockchain part that that has I think everybody kind of understands well maybe they don't but fundamentally this is a this is a distributed we're probably going to do another whole podcast about that at distributed some point distributed ledger too. technology right yeah so yeah so like this is a really great technology if you're ever storing sensitive data like you know credit card systems are and stuff like that it's a great way to keep that secure right and it's a great way to make sure that that you know it's it's basically a distributed ledger. So you don't, you know, you have a little bit, I have a little bit combined together. We're good. It's no longer this shared secret kind of thing. I mean, this one time secret where, Hey, I got to know your password to get the code back from you. Right. And then somebody hacks that password. Then now somebody else has it. Somebody steals a little bit of the information. They're not going to have much because they only have a piece of the puzzle. And so if anybody has sensitive information that they're storing right now, I would definitely look into blockchain technology to see how I can store that better. Absolutely. And that's kind of why I'm asking the question, because, you know, part of the world that our resellers live in, not just in the point of sale side, but even if you go over to the ADC or, you know, we're dealing with data, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. And if you want a secure way of getting that data around or transferring it between entities, blockchain is really, really a a good way to think about that. So I just wanted to put that, not that I know how to do it or how to implement that, but but it does seem like a very powerful uh, technique, uh, tool to use uh, in in that. We're starting to see it in healthcare, right, John? Like, you know, encrypting or for data. And yeah, go ahead. No, and I was going to say, if you want more in depth, we can get Jeff Payne on the phone and he'll talk about 
Diffie Hellman and all the Lippert curves and all the things that you want to talk about it all day long. I was going to say, when we, when we were works. planning this episode out, John mentioned his colleague would, yes. you know, would be more than happy to talk to us about the blockchain side of things. We decided, hey, we'll focus on crypto with you. Yep. Maybe we come back later and do that one because I think that's I, fair. I think that's an fair. entirely different conversation. All right, so we'll there. table oh, it's those. Completely right, different. Right. That's, that's more in tech, and he would love to talk to you. He would draw out the curve and everything. There you go. Fair Sounds enough. like a tease for a future episode. There right you there. go. That's right. Well, yeah, well, and, and Jeff will love that I said Diffie Hellman in this episode, so at least I got, <laughs> I got street cred for that. Gotcha. All right, well, then let's – so when, we, when you are talking about VARs and ISVs, yeah, right? here, mm-hmm. you know, they're, when they think of the whole payment space, they, I think they've come to understand, hey, payments can be a great way for me to get recurring revenue. Yeah. But what's keeping crypto from becoming that source of recurring revenue for them right now? Mm. I think it's just because of the ease of use of it. Is It's just not. It's not there yet, right? So – it, right now, you're having a great experience where, you know, you get tap to pay is really getting a lot more adoption, especially since of COVID, where somebody can go to the checkout, just tap their phone or tap their card, and then they get, just walk out the door. When you do crypto, now it's a different process where you have to scan a QR code, you have to go into your wallet, you have to go, you know, extract that out and get that over. So it's not a seamless, quick experience, right? And then also, like I said before, it's these different coins. You might want to take in Ethereum. The next person might want to take in Bitcoin. Your your consumer might want to give you, you know, Dogecoin, right? So who knows what is going to happen and, and how they work with that. So for us, what we think of the ISVs is that this is more of an opportunity to tap into a younger base. You said something that was very important of like millennials are adapting this technology. Millennials are shifting to the greatest wealth in this nation. You know, as, as much as we don't want to, you know, believe it, but they're a growing population that has the most of the wealth and it's, it's growing and growing, right? And if that's the technology that they prefer and they want to do things in crypto, we just have to embrace it, right? And we have to say, hey, here it is. It may not get adoption. It may not get use. But at the same time, it'll make you look more attractive if you're a merchant or if you're a VAR that you support this technology. Really? Yeah, go ahead. Well, I'll just say, I think that before you, because I know you had some pride to add there, but I think that kind of leads very well into our next question here, if you don't mind me going there. Yeah, go for it. Fill yep, in yep. Because, no, no, no. because yeah. I think this is very much related to this article that you yes, wrote uh, right. with the RSPA that compares this hesitance to adopt crypto in POS and payments with the same thing that happened with the with the rollout of contactless payments, in particular Apple Pay. Mm-hmm. So elaborate a little bit more on that comparison and why you see that there's maybe a similar path to crypto becoming mainstream in the same way that Apple Pay and, and Google Pay and Samsung, et cetera, have all become mainstream. Yeah, well, let me ask you this, guys. Question. You guys you guys probably know because you've seen my article, you read the stats, but you know, a lot of people are taken back of how little Apple Pay is really being used right now, mm-hmm. right? It's it's only 6.1% of transactions, if that, right, of all tap pay transactions. Surprising. So that is surprising. It was. Yeah. yeah. And it's, it's very underutilized. It's very not, you know, if you check out my article, I have the actual source link and all that kind of stuff, not making up stats here. And what that tells everybody is that, hey, it is a technology, it is forward-facing, but the consumers are still reluctant to use forward-facing technology, right? Well, the biggest thing I learned from all that is I talked to a lot of ISVs at Inspire and, and, and talked to a lot of other people. And they said, yeah, I can't sell a new solution without Apple Pay. Right. I can't even sell it. If I don't even have Apple Pay on there, they say, nope, I don't even want to use you anymore. I don't even want your solution. I don't even want to have it. And and the thought process is you see all these these companies when Apple Pay first ran out, ran out it was like Lightspeed and Revel and all these companies that went like a rocket ship because they embraced those technologies. 
And they sold basically because, hey, I support these new technologies. I'm something new. I'm not your old system. Try me. And I see in that same evolution happen right now is that, you know, the same thing that those guys, those waves that those guys waved on is the same wave right now is there's still a bunch of consumers that want new technology. They want the new shiny thing. They want something that's bleeding edge technology wise. Well, crypto is that. that that's bleeding edge technology. They want it. I guarantee you it's what we call a trade show feature. It's going to be a lot of people saying, yep, I want it. I'm going to buy your point yourself because you have it. And they're going to probably take one transaction their whole lifetime. Well, that, that's interesting. You call it a trade show feature. That's that, that made me giggle. That's that's exactly because I was about to, you know, kind of challenge and go back on that, you know. So it's like like with Apple Pay. I mean, here we are seven years into it or, or whatnot and only six percent of people, yeah. which, by the way, is only like a percent higher than when it initially launched. Yeah. Like it initially launched. It had five percent mm-hmm. usage. We've only ticked up 1% in like six years. I mean, that's that. So it's not, to your point, John, wildly underutilized. But <laughs> I think it's fair to say, as you, you've explained, it's, it's, an, it's, it's a non-starter if right. you don't have it. So right. you're, you're making the argument that crypto is going to be there, right? That, that the systems are going to have to figure out a way to take that payment. Whether or not they only utilize it two times a year is irrelevant. The system's got to be able to take it, right? And what we firmly believe in at Blockchip is the technology behind crypto, right? And that's what's going to be the bleeding edge moving forward. It may not be, you're not going to be transacting in Bitcoin, but you might be transacting, like even the, you know, the Federal Reserve is looking at cryptocurrencies to move the dollar to a cryptocurrency, right? They're even exploring this. There was a great article about that a month ago that said, hey, we're going to start looking into this for the USD. And so... Our whole thought process is, is you have to embrace this technology now to be ready when the, the switch is flipped to blockchain technology, some kind of coin that's riding on that blockchain technology, and that you, you've shown that you can do it, right? So do I think it's going to be Bitcoin? No, but is I do think in 10 years from now, it's going to be some kind of coin. Yeah. Yep. You know, I'll back up to the the whole Apple Pay thing because it, it, those numbers did shock me as well. And and I was an early adopter to Apple Pay, and I do remember the frustration early on. That you it would walk like, up with your phone, and yeah, yeah, nobody was taking it, or if people, <laughs> or even if they did offer, and they had the little logo up, half the time they didn't even understand how it worked. Exactly, they didn't right. know anything about it, mm-hmm. uh, or you know, or they look at you, or even now, still sometimes I'll like whip out my watch, or my phone, or do whatever, and I can just see the person behind the counter like mm, whatever, you weirdo, you know, with your <laughs> using your phone to pay for something, and like. It's, oh, but half the half the time they don't understand either. Right? Exactly, that's, that's exactly counter, my point. They're like, I don't know what's going on. Right, but I think like one of the uh, one of the articles I think that was that you linked out to in your article kind of talked about the fact that part of the reason why people did want to rush to get on board eventually is because Apple Pay was tended to be used by people who had a little more disposable income, yeah, maybe right. a little wealthier, yep. the kind of buyers that retailers want to attract yep. and want to yep. have in their stores. So yep. if that's the way they want to pay, that's the way they want to pay. Mm-hmm. And I feel like crypto is kind of going to be the same thing. Again, we said mm-hmm. 29% of millennial, uh, you know, millennial adults, you know, and parents are, own. are have uh, own crypto now. Yeah. Uh, Gen Z, I'm sure as they start developing buying power, are only going to buy in even more too. So again, it's going to be the type of person that you want buying from you and that you want in your stores mm-hmm. and, and and using your e-commerce sites. So uh, there's no reason not to want to get on board with this because eventually you are going to hit that point, same as with Apple Pay, where if you're not doing it, you're missing out because there's somebody that you want as your customer 
that wants to pay that way. And you can't afford to not have that person to turn that person away just because you don't want to get on board with yeah, this Yeah, I know, right but now. getting in the game right now, John, what's your take here? I mean, get, what does getting in the game mean? Does it mean that you you can now accept all these thousands of wallets? I mean, that that's a little bit of a nightmare, right? I mean, what so what does getting in the game mean to you? I mean, I, let's let's start with like a software development company. What what does that mean? Yeah, you know, it's a crawl, walk, run strategy, right? Is that you got to find something where at least you're doing something in that space. It's exactly what we did, right? We, we started out with our own internal gift card solution and tried it that way, right? We ran that for three years. We are just now running Bitcoin, running out Bitcoin. So one of the challenges that um, I think a lot of software vendors are, are running into is their merchants say, yeah, I want to take crypto, but I want to take money on the back end. I want money. I want fiat on the back end. I don't want crypto on the back end. I want, I want fiat on the back end. Well, we made this. This is why we delayed sending out, sending it out, <laughs> sending it out, because that's almost an impossible hurdle to jump. Just to be honest with you. You, 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 you have Bitcoin, trying to convert that Bitcoin instantly into fiat that deposits into their account next day. That, that is a hurdle and a half. And what I advise a lot of these software vendors is you don't have to go all the way in. Just stick your toe in. Just have one piece in. Just look at one little aspect of it and just explore that one little aspect. It may be you're using the blockchain for your backend data or to secure that or if you're sharing that with somebody else. Or it may be simple as what we're doing is we're just going to allow simple Bitcoin to transaction. Bitcoin to Bitcoin wallet. That's it. And if, if the merchant doesn't like that, just say, hey, it's okay. It's not for you. You're not an early adopter. Usually if you use language like that, they'll instantly buy because they're like, no, wait a minute. I'm a, <laughs> what do you I mean I'm not? Adopter. <laughs> <laughs> right? And so that's, that's how we see this is that you can't – so many companies have started and sprinted in this space. So many companies have gone into this space and sprinted into it and, and then just fold. We, we've we've talked to so many other startups that are like, oh, yeah, we're like you guys. We'll, we'll see you guys in the, the one billion unicorn mark. Right. And two years later, they're gone. Right. <laughs> and so and so I don't think it's a sprint to this. It's a slow, steady race, just like Apple Pay was. It's a slow, steady race. And you just got to embrace it. So if I was a software vendor right now, I'd find a company that says, hey, how do I dip my toe into this and just do a little minimal amount of development effort to make this work? So I can at least explore this option with my customers and grow with you as the technology grows, as the customer base grows, we grow together. So what's your take then on the resellers? You know, because they're they're getting a certain cut of today's world, right? They get a little bit of the payment processing if they implement it and stuff like that. And a lot of them, have, a lot of companies out there are now dependent on those types of things. Do you think resellers need to apply the pressure back on the software folks to, hey, man, you know, we're selling your stuff, but you need to start dipping your toe into crypto because the marketplace is going there and stuff like that. What can a reseller do at this point? Is it is it just kind of the political pressure right now, or what? What is, are there other things they could be doing? I, I think there is standalone solutions they could be doing, but that just gives them a disjointed experience. I'm a firm believer in all resellers. Like the reseller survival should be the one stop advisor for everything that merchant needs. Right when it comes to payroll, to comes to point of sale, comes to video surveillance, comes to networking. That's, that's how a VAR survives in this day and age is if they don't provide that hands-on, I'm your consultant for everything, um, it doesn't really work. So I think it is political pressure back to the software developers. Um, I would think it's political pre- pressure on the providers saying, hey, what kind of share are you going to give these software developers so they can actually do it? Just kind of like the payments companies did, right? What is their revenue share? What are they making? How are they doing it, right? And so I, I highly think you go to that and start showing them facts. Say, you know, have them when their their sales reps t- 
talk to merchants, say, hey, if I added crypto to this, would you buy this today? And I know it sounds a little salesman-y, but something like that. Start collecting the data of how many more systems would you actually board if you had crypto on that? So you can provide that back to the software vendor because that's where they really just respond is, hey, you missed out on the sale. I don't want you to miss out on the sale. Absolutely. And I'm, I'm, I'm going to be curious. I'm as in my own personal infancy on cryptocurrency right, right. as I was with, you know, Apple Pay back in the day. So, you know, it's it'll be interesting to see how much pressure just the users, yep. you know, put it. Is it only going to be 5%, you know, at the end of the road uh, or or wherever we get to or in the next 5, 10 years that are kind of, quote, demanding, you know, that, well, if you don't take crypto, I'm not I'm not going there. I right. mean, there are certain people that do that now. Right. Well, if, well, if you don't take Apple Pay, I'm, I'm just right. If you right. don't take touchless if you don't or whatever you know right i'm moving on to the next yeah. vendor but i mean what if that what if that five percent represents part of the top ten percent of overall buyers you know it's like, a great point i yeah. mean that's exactly. again it's it's not money you want to turn away from it's not the kind yes. of consumer you want to turn yes. away from at that point yes. so millennials spend more than any other generation too they they are higher dollar spenders so you, you want to cater to your higher dollar spenders same with apple pay users are higher dollar spenders right so that's why you cater to them yeah exactly yeah. Yeah. Well, then, interesting. Tell us then, you know, from the blockchain perspective of your your own company, how are you approaching cryptocurrencies in the payment space? And you've kind of touched on a lot of that already. But what is what is your approach right now to to how we think about this market and how it fits in the world of payments? Yeah, like you know, I, I kind of sum up what I kind of you know said throughout the the show is just you know we really think that crypto technology and, and blockchain technology is the future. It's just a matter of how it gets deployed and how it gets used, right? And so it's we, you know, we, we when we first launched this, we made all our terminals crypto in, enabled. None of our merchants know that we didn't sell on that, but we made them all crypto enabled because it's kind of a Trojan horse strategy. Um, you want to make sure that, hey, payments works, payments works well, then things that they're used to works well. And then you can say, OK, what about this other feature? Would you like to try it? And by the way, you don't have to do anything else. You don't have to do any development work. You don't have to do any merchant work. You don't have to do anything. You just have to flip a switch and turn it on. Would you like to try it? And so that's our approach because we know this is a hesitant market for it. We know this is not going to be huge adoption, but we also know it's a, a marketplace where people want it. They want to see it and they want to see it live, right? And so the only way that we were able to approach it is just, you know, crawl, walk, run, start with your gift cards, get the terminals that can do it. Now we're about to launch Bitcoin. We're going to see how Bitcoin does. We have plans for Ethereum, see how Ethereum does. And, you know, to be honest with you, Dogecoin might be behind that, too, because it is a popular, well-known coin, right? And so that's that's kind of what we're thinking is just slowly walk through this process. And then if we get more demand and more people are like, hey, we want this to be a real, real thing, then we try to figure out, okay, now we get a bank involved that we can actually turn it into fiat. Yeah, and that's got to be tough to tackle, I can imagine, on the back end. Yeah. Well, that, to be honest with you, that's such a far thing. Uh, what I'm hoping is, is, the USD, the feds come out with their own coin yeah, and then right. we just launch that. And, and then now we're, now we're set. Now it all goes, <laughs> all, all that goes away. Like, right. Yeah. 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 Make things right. a lot simpler. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. yeah. Now uh, for your gift card. So you're using blockchain right now for your gift card part, right? Uh, yep. That yep. technology. Exactly. Do you, do you use crypto? Are you going to use crypto to buy gift cards? Is, is that one of the connections you'll make? Yeah, I, I don't know if like use Bitcoin to buy gift cards on this. That's up to the merchant if they want to buy Bitcoin to do it. Right. The problem with the, when we first launched Bitcoin, it's, it doesn't make sense unless it's a hundred dollar transaction or more. That's where you're going to be cheaper than a credit card tra- payment, right? Yeah. Because of the Bitcoin transaction fees. So the merchant, well, and, and the seller pays for it. So it's either 
can the merchant convince the seller to pay a little bit more because they want to pay in Bitcoin? Yep. Or can the merchant have the, or does the merchant save enough money that they're willing to give them a discount on the product to pay for that? See, that's an interesting aspect of it. You know, I mean, is it is it is it worth it to me? Am I am I going to be such a crypto whatever right. that I'm willing to pay this fee? Well, you know that that's a problem. That, that's fee. a problem that exists even just between like checking and credit cards. Still, I mean, there's still I notice sometimes like with a paying, processing fee. Yeah, well, that and like when you're paying certain like utilities sometimes or certain entities that will say like, hey, pay us in check, and it's just a flat rate. If you want to pay with the card, there's a two percent fee that goes on top of that because oh, they right. want to yeah, pass yeah, along yeah, yeah, yeah. the processing fee to you. Right. And that's, again, one of those things where, like, it's more convenient and easier for me to be able to set up a recurring payment or something with my credit card. But no, because you're making this harder, I got to make the decision. Do I want it to – am I okay with taking the easier out because this is what I want to use versus do I want to pay something where I pay get to pay less mm-hmm. by using something old-fashioned like check or whatever? And, I, and that's – I think that's the same kind of situation we're in here is, like, do you – are you comfortable with paying the extra? The premium. To pay in the way that you want to pay. And that's I, right. Assuming that's not your only option, obviously. Yeah, right. Hoping somebody's only option isn't Bitcoin because that like, I get a little scary fast. <laughs> well, you know, unfortunately right now there's really niche verticals that are demanding crypto. And we don't know how to handle that right. You know, CBD, marijuana, those kind of stuff, those kind of sales, they're really demanding. Especially since Visa stopped accepting Visa debit card just recently for marijuana purchases. So we're, we're kind of thinking, well... This is kind of a new avenue we could explore, but just that's not our core competency. We're, we're not a marijuana processor, right? And so it's kind of interesting how this is going to develop and, and see where that goes. I have people in other countries that are like, well, we want to just use you for your Bitcoin. So the, the problem right now is, is how do you make Bitcoin and crypto mainstream and mainstream use it instead of the fringe that can't use traditional payments right now? And that, but see, that's a larger issue that that right. we're not going to solve here. And but it, it no. continues to be the headwinds that, to me, cryptocurrency in all reality faces. Right. right I right. mean, to, when I first heard of crypto and and understand, even to this day, there's still it's used quite largely by nefarious underground type of right, uh, right. economic activity. Is the only way I can paint it. Right. Uh, right. The, a lot of a lot of that is paid, and so it has that stigma against it. Plus, you throw in the fact that, that some hacking is going on, not the actual blockchain is getting hacked. You, but, you always hear the but, stories about people just losing millions. Well, the transfer of dollars, yeah, right? Yeah. And there was just a recent hack, North Korea. It, know, go ahead. Yeah, John. it's a wallet. It's yeah, a they're wallet going hack. after the wallet. Right. Yeah, That's yeah, right. Yeah. So they're not going actually, they're actually not going after the transactions. They're going after the wallets where, the, where everything is being stored. That's right. But you know, the age old question is, it's, it's the cart before the horse, right? Or, or chicken and the egg kind of scenario is, is it only in these fringe stuff because it's not where, widely available and you can't use it anywhere else? Is, is that the reason? That's the, that's the theory we're trying to test out mm-hmm. to say maybe it's just because I used on that stuff is because it's not. You can't go to your grocery store. You know, we went to um, a car dealership show and I had a guy saying, listen, I want to sell Ferraris with Bitcoin. But that totally blew my mind of, wait a minute. That's what you want to use this for? Okay. And he said, yeah, 100%. He's called me once a month ever since then trying to say, are you ready yet? So we find it very interesting. Yeah. 
Very, very much so. I mean, there's just so much unsettled land. Yeah, here, there know? really is. I have a feeling this is a conversation we're going to find ourselves revisiting once every year or two yeah. in yeah. different angles and yeah. new pathways as <laughs> as our industry and our channel tries to figure out how to How, to how do we tap into this? John's just stream of consciousness so we can just, you know, like, you know, tap into that from there? Because you're living it every day today, dude, right? So Yeah, yeah. yeah well, yeah. So July is when we're planning on going live with this. We, we have it all built and baked, but, you know, it's now it's just getting – all the other stuff worked out. So July is when Bitcoin goes in. Maybe we talk after that, and I could tell you if it's successful or not. I'm hoping it will be. <laughs> there you go. We'll we might take have, you up on. Might that. have a whole different story by the end of the year. Yeah, so. towards the end of the year. Well, Absolutely. And, and as I mentioned, we, there's a whole other conversation for us to have about blockchain at some point too. Yeah. So, so stay tuned for that because I know we're not done with this kind of this new world of um, digital currency yep. and access and yep. security. Just, so. just beginning. Tip exactly. of the iceberg. Well, in the meantime, I do want to, as always, thank our sponsors, our Tech Connect sponsors. We appreciate your support of the, the pro, our Tech Connect program and the show in particular. I would name you all, but there are so many, many of you now, I cannot name you all, so we appreciate your support. Hey, as always, if you like the show, if you're watching us on YouTube, uh, hit the like for this episode, subscribe to our channel. You don't want to miss out on this, our unboxed videos, uh, Bone Apple Tech Cooking Show, all the other cool stuff we're always posting. Uh, if you listen to us on uh, Apple Podcasts or Spotify, leave us a review leave us a rating we want to hear from you we want to know what you think about the show if you have ideas and topics for the show as i mentioned at the top this came from one of our listeners Stephen enfield from pos supply solutions thank you Stephen, for submitting this idea we appreciate your support of the show actually Stephen supports a lot of our stuff i see yep. his name pop up on a lot of the yep. things that we do so social and whatnot yeah. he's mm-hmm. always checking out the things that we have out there so uh, again if you want to reach out to us look in the show notes there's a link that you can submit your own ideas for the podcast we'll be happy to look at those even if we don't use it i will still send you a tech Connect podcast t-shirt and as always if you want to connect with us online you can find us on twitter at tech Connect pod you can also email us tech at bluestarinc.com all right hey let's wrap things up as always first with the value to the var mm-hmm. now uh i think we've kind of covered a lot of this ground and i kind of want to maybe change this question a little bit for right. you, john here so you know my initial question was like you know what's the pitch for vars and isvs about why they should get into this game i think we've kind of covered a lot of this so maybe i kind of want to rephrase this a little bit more like this if you are a var if you were a var or an isv listening right now and hearing about all this and thinking all right i get it i understand where this is going i know that there's going to be a need for it what do i do right now where do i start what should i be doing today to get myself ready for wherever this is going? Yeah, that's a great question. So the, I think the best thing a VAR can do if they want to explore the space is go to Coinbase, open up a Coinbase account. They have tutorials there that explain what cryptocurrency is. They have tutorials there how to buy cryptocurrencies. And you got to know the lingo. You got to own the asset if you're going to sell the people that own the asset, right? And so that's that's one thing. Just buy a dollar, buy ten dollars. You don't have to you don't have to invest your whole mortgage or anything like that. But I think that's the best first step is just go in there and start learning about it. And just go and Coinbase is the most reputable one. It's the biggest name out there. I use them them myself for all our trading. We're using them and as Blockchip as our our verification of how much the coin price is. So I would recommend that's a great first step to get your your toe dipped into this. And Coinbase can send me a little bit of residuals on the backside for sending everybody. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's great advice. I, and start asking the question, right? Right. I, if you're a reseller, start probing your customers. Hey, are you getting asked to transact in crypto? 
You know, because what you don't want to do is to have is you know the the carpet pulled out from right, under you right. with somebody who does come in with a solution that has that. So you got to be aware that this is out there. It's starting to get a lot of conversation. Yep. Yep. The dust is going to settle somewhere. It's going to start settling because to John's point, people are going to start dipping a toe one at a time, little incremental moves towards towards adopting this technology. And you don't want to be five years hence right. and go, oh my gosh, you yeah. know. I totally missed the missed the mark. Yeah. I think yeah, one. even if you're not don't think that you are ready for this, that you're that you understand enough about it. The fact mm. that you're one, the fact that you've listened to this podcast tells me that you at least have a have yep. a an interest in understanding this. Yep. And if that's the case, then to keep up with that. Stay stay on top of the conversation. Keep reading articles about it. Uh, and do exactly what John said. And if there's any, if there's any, I know like uh, some of the the links that you linked to came from the payments, PYMTS. Mm-hmm. That's a great site for everything it happening in the site. payments world. I'm going to yep. assume you might already be part of that. But if you're not, go there, sign up for their newsletters, yeah. pay attention Start to their educating. coverage mm-hmm. of cryptocurrency and blockchain. Like it's the stuff, at least if, if you're not going to actively try to participate right now and you don't think you want to get involved until it is a little more robust and ready for our channel, at least be aware of what's happening. Yeah. Keep yourself aware. You can, because that way, when that shift happens, you're not going to be scrambling to try to figure out how this all even works. You're old school at that point. Exactly. In time. You already know it. You already yeah. get it. You're just ready to go in and just do and get and get it. You're as an part expert of your like job. John at that point. And, in exactly. Time. There you go. <laughs> you know, I'm like the biggest thing is so many people I talk to are just reading about reading about. Dip your toe in. Yeah, right. Right. that's really good advice. Do, do, just dip your toe. It doesn't cost a lot to get an account up and running. I, I think it's worth it for you. I'm doing it. I'm going to Coinbase. I'm getting my account. <laughs> you sold me. Dean, next time I, yeah, Dean. Next time I see you, I'm gonna I'm gonna see you. Where, where's your Coinbase account? Let me uh, see what yeah. you got. He, he, <laughs> done. Your commission will be showing up shortly in your account. Dean's, I'm gonna pay the yeah. beer I owe you out of that Coinbase account. <laughs> there, there, there we go. go. There we go. And you know, and I, I forgot to mention too is that you know we're gonna give you guys a lot more in, insider knowledge and stuff like that because we just recently have a a relationship with Blue Star officially. Yes, so we're very excited about that at, at Blockchip. And so look forward to working and partnering with you guys, exploring this more. On awesome. all seriousness, I mean, that's what it's all about. We, yep. we preach the ecosystem. Exactly. We're, we're, we're thrilled to have Blockchip as a part of our ecosystem. So yeah, we'll be able to, to leverage our relationships and get you guys connected. There you go. Yeah, it's good stuff. All right. Well, let's wrap up as always with our favorite segment, What's Tech Connecting With You? Ah, this is where we get to talk about not something. not crypto? Not today. I mean, right. at least not for me. I mean, I got something else. <laughs> Uh, something in the world of science, tech, innovation, yes. business, just whatever's caught our eye, has our attention, a story we're interested in, Fair enough. a gadget we're playing with. John, what's tech connecting with you right now? You know, I know I hate to stick on the crypto theme, but it's NFTs. Um, I'm very fa- fascinated with NFTs. I, I live in the crypto space and I still don't understand the appeal of NFTs. I've dug into it. I've done all the research on it. I looked into it. You saw it go like this, like a rocket ship all the way up and then all the way crashed down. You know, the, the biggest thing I find like interesting about it is people are like, well, somebody tried to sell the whole movie of Dune as a NFT. Somebody bought the NFT of Dune, but the person that posted the, the Dune NFT didn't own the rights to Dune. So how is that working? In <laughs> and NFT we can all world? watch Dune anytime <laughs> we want on HBO. I am so comfortable yeah. to hear you specifically I say what you just said, because we have been arm wrestling mentally <laughs> over what the heck is NFT and why is this a, a thing and what's going on? So thank you for, uh, for you know, at least being in the same boat. It's a digital certificate of that. You own that specific digital certificate, right? Right. But 
I could take a, I could take a screenshot it, and now all of a sudden I own it on my computer too. I don't own the official the digital certificate, but do I care? No, right? And so <laughs> you don't have the original. I, okay, I don't have the OG, but oh well. <laughs> you know, it's it's funny. I, when I was on my way here today, I was listening to an interview with Elizabeth Warren, who is you know okay. someone who's very savvy about the world of finance and and, and sure. currency and everything. And <laughs> she she sorry she was talking about. Uh, you know, she was talking about Bitcoin and cryptocurrency and kind of like how she's very hesitant and concerned about it. But then she, some, you know, someone brought up NFTs to her and she kind of said, you know what? She says, I feel like a little more comfortable with NFTs than I do with crypto right now. And I'm like, that seems backwards to me. Yeah. But her thing was more completely of completely like, backwards. Yeah, her <laughs> thing was more of that the NFT world, like she sees the value in that when it comes to like, you know, young artists or up and coming artists and musicians that are trying to kind of protect and copyright their work in a world of, you know, corporatization or whatever. And she sees there's potential value there. But yeah, it was one of those things where like she said that I'm like, I feel exactly the opposite. I feel like I have a better grasp on what crypto (laughs) is and does than I do what the NFTs do right now. But yeah, to that person, that person's point is until a judge recognizes that NFT as an official working document and not, not play, then it doesn't mean anything. So you got a bunch of other people that believe in NFT to know that that's your original document, but, the rest of the world doesn't believe that. Right, right. right? And so, right. so how is that? Like, I've heard that argument for artists as well. And I more power to the artists during that spike because I heard a lot of starving young artists that were able to make a lot of money during that spike. But I just don't understand the the, the long-term legit, longevity until it's, again, regulated, right? And it's actually used for something real. Like, if I use, so right now, one of the problems that we have in the internet is I can copy in a logo and just throw it on my webpage and there's no consequence. There's no, there's no nothing until NFTs solve that problem where I have to actually start paying for that digital right. That's that's the only place I see NFTs actually going. But how do you do that? How do you get to that point? And, and it, it, I'm telling you, there's an industry is trying to figure that out. It's oh, yeah. like the music industry and yeah. the film industry. Yeah. They're they're yeah. all trying to figure. And they haven't figured it out, so it's not you know. But anyway. Yeah, NFTs. I'm so glad I'm in the same boat as John on that one. I'm telling you, because I thought I was missing. I thought I was just, oh, I'm stupid over here. I don't understand why. Yeah, we we, so we appreciate value. when the people that we say are the experts are also saying, I don't quite know what to make of it yeah, either. Yeah, so. Well, it is. All right, so I got one for you right, here. It's a little bit timely here. The microchip implant that lets you pay with your hand. Okay. All right. So anyway, there is a microchip. You can buy it today if you would like to. So who needs the, you know, we we're just talking about right, right, you know, right, near right. field communications and payments and stuff like that. If you're, if you're forgetful and you don't remember your wallet, right, your right. phone, or God forbid your Apple watch, well, you can get an implant and just walk up to the payment terminal and do it, you know, right? right what do you think, John? Right, would right. you, would yeah. you go for the implant that's the NFC no. that, no? No. Well, apparently. Well, especially, especially because. I've been in this industry for 15 years and how many times has the, the technology evolved, right? So you're going to get an implant that's in there for only six years and then you have to rip it out. And cut it out and put it in. Right. Right. Yeah. Six but dude, there's you're a couple six years if you're lucky. Yeah. No, there's some people out there. There's a guy out in the UK. He's got it. He's had it in, in implanted since 2019, I guess. And that's the way he pays. Right. You know, right, and right now it's a little bit of a novelty because this article prints out, you know, right. or points out how he'll go up to a store and pay just by wafting his hand in front of the, the payment terminal. And it's like, all the cashiers are like, what the heck just happened? <laughs> you know, is that voodoo that you do or, or what is it? But they did run a poll uh, in the UK. This was in the UK and they asked 4,000 people if they would consider getting an implant. 51% said they would consider it. Now, 
now that we know, we know what Apple Pay adoption was. So I think fifty. Right, I right. think I think forty eight percent of those people are whatever. Forty two percent of those people are lying. Yeah. They wouldn't do that. They're not using their phone today. But they could easily do that, mm-hmm. or some other kind of you know uh, contactless payment. Right. Right. Yeah. So anyway, but if you are really into it, I guess you could have the little implant in your hand. Yeah. 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 You know that to John's point. I mean, the swapping out. But at the same time, let's be honest. Biotech's going to reach this point where we're probably swapping out body parts on a regular basis. <laughs> Is to live longer anyway. Yeah, you know, exactly. Yeah, I need a new hand. It may not be right now. It may not be anytime soon, but I mean, at some point, it's going to be old. That'll be like, whatever, swapping a chip out. I swapped my hip out yesterday, you know, like I just put a new arm on last week to fix that rotator cuff, you know, I mean. Oh, but it's got the yeah, wrong. You're not, I, I, yeah. Go ahead. You're not wrong. It, 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 it's a funny. <laughs> I'm thinking that aspect of we're, now we're just taking off body parts and adding new NFC to it. Yeah, exactly. exactly. That's exactly. right. Yeah. <laughs> We'll just be one big, one big NFC reader. The ultimate world. All the, time. the six yeah. million dollar man is nothing. But here's the question: At that point, be. are we still human? Oh, okay. So what's that connecting <laughs> with you? <laughs> all right. So you remember a few months back, and I actually think I called this out on one of my tech connectings: the uh, the big Wordle craze. Wordle, yes, the, still uh, a craze. The, the day, yeah, the daily game where you guess, have six guesses to guess a five letter word to pick mm-hmm. a five letter word. Well, all of you've noticed, but there's been a lot of uh, imitators and a lot of. Uh, kind of you know re reevaluations and you know other versions of, of Wordle of, of Wordle okay. and of different types of games with similar type of concept daily games. All right, uh, everything from like expansive Wordles where you've got like six different words at the same time, oh, or geez. there's like a dirty word version of Wordle. Oh, of course, there's there's all kinds of Wordle. There's two the of them urban that, dictionary version. Yeah, there's two of them that have me hooked right now. One of them is called is called Hurdle. Hurdle. This is one you might enjoy. Hurdle is an H E A R D L E. It's for music. Okay. So this one will give you basically up to like a 15, 16 second, maybe 20 second oh, like snippet it. of a, of a I song. I like it. Yes. But you only get it in like small chunks. So you first get like a one second snippet at the beginning of a song and you got to take a guess yes, you got to right. take a guess <laughs> at what that song is based on that and it does give you like right. when you start typing in it'll it'll yes. give you some suggestions from the database that you're potentially pulling okay. from okay uh if you if you don't get it right or if you simply can't get it and want to skip it'll give you another maybe two or three seconds and eventually you get a full string of up to maybe 20 seconds or so mm. to try to guess the opening of the song i'll admit this is one where Either I either I know it right off the bat or it. I don't nail it at yeah, all. So like yeah. there was one I did a couple of days ago. It was like Snoop Dogg and Wiz Khalifa. No idea. <laughs> it was not my style of music, so I just didn't know it. But then the next day I figured out uh, Annie Lennox is walking on broken glass from the first second. Nice. That little tinkle of the, yeah, nice. key, of yeah, the yeah, keys. Yeah, yeah. Right. I knew it instantly. I had that one down. So. You know, well, I would fail on that. Okay, so I love music, obviously. Right. I'm a musician, and I know most songs. I feel like I've heard just about you know, whatever. I'll make a bold claim. 90% of songs, I think I've, I feel like I've heard it, <laughs> at least if it was produced before 2000. Right, but anyway, right, right. Um, But the names of songs, I always get them wrong. Like, that I'll, can I'll be watch tricky the shows for me sometimes, that, too. Because I'll, I'll think the name of it is part of the lyric that's right, in the right, chorus right. or something like that, and I'm like completely off Yeah, base. I'll have trouble with that, too. The nice thing is you can pick the artist also, so like if you mm. Mm. Or at least very sleepy. If you type the artist in, it might give you three or four songs from that artist. Oh, okay, well, that, that you help. can pick from to maybe narrow it down a Hurdle. little bit. So you know, but it's 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 one of those ones that's very hit or miss for me. Now, there's another game that I'm playing that's a little more up my alley to get to get right on a regular basis. And it's called Framed, and this one mm-hmm. similar concept. Mm-hmm. You get six guesses with 
of individual frame from a film. Just one frame. One frame at a time. You you know, if you get it wrong or if you can't get it and need another one, it'll give you another frame. Wow. I will say with this one, by the time you get to like the fifth or sixth frame, yeah. it's almost too obvious. At least what if it you is? Yeah. if you know anything about movies or have seen the movie at okay. all, you should right, be right, able right. to get it. Yeah. My trick for me is like, can I get it in the first two or three? Because those are usually the very random obscure frames. The best one I've done so far is a few days back, there was one for the horror film Hereditary, and it was simply a telephone pole. <laughs> now, and you got it, it. Have you seen this movie at all, John? No. Okay. I, I, I know you probably have. You're not a horror telephone. movie guy necessarily. <laughs> if you've seen it, you know. You know exactly what that okay. telephone pole is. It would be like the red balloon in it or something maybe, like that. Maybe, I don't, maybe you wouldn't pick it up, but it's one of those things I saw and I was like, oh. oh I, this I, is th- it. There was a sense of dread that came over me because it's one of the most bizarre and oh. very visceral horror, terrifying horror films I've ever seen. I'm not usually a person who gets scared at horror films, yeah, but yeah, this yeah. movie really got me. Gotcha, anyway. gotcha. And, and so so I, now I gotta go watch a new movie. Yeah, I very distinctly <laughs> saw that and I was like, I know what that is, typed it in and got it. And Boom. Like, if I Again, if I'd gotten to like the fourth or fifth or sixth ones, they were all pretty easy at the end of easily mm. figured it out, but I knew it from that one. I was like, I don't know if I'm proud of myself or terrified that I knew that from the beginning, but <laughs> I very much am enjoying Framed. I think that's a very fun one. So, so Hurdle and Framed. Hurdle frame. and Framed. There Those you are go. two I highly recommend if you're looking for something else to kind of, you know, play some play some individual daily game. Again, it's the same concept as a world. It's yep. one game a day. Yep. You try it out, and if you don't get it, you wait until the next day and do it. Man, I got a to-do so. list. I got to get Coinbase, and I'm uh, logging into Hurdle. I'm good to go. There you go. <laughs> well, there you go. Hey, I, I like those games because you only get to play it once a day instead of wasting it's all your time. It's true. It doesn't games, suck right? up a lot of time. It's always it's part of my morning yeah. routine every day. I boot up my computer. Yeah, get the I brain those, going. I get my brain going. I yeah. get it done with them. I'm like, all right, I'm ready to move on with my day. That's so. fair. Yeah, yeah. All right. John Decker from Blockchip, thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you very much, gentlemen. Appreciate being on the show. Yes, Appreciate it having you. Hey, until next time, uh, go uh, try to listen to a few seconds of songs and figure it out. Go set up your Coinbase account uh, and uh, maybe get yourself microchipped for some payments or something. Maybe wait on that. Skip on that one. All right, skip on that one. And as always, please stay connected. When choosing a POS solution, choose the leaders in touch technology. ELO. Elo Touch computers are the surest, fastest way to get a POS application started and provide long-lasting use with a multitude of options. For modular configurations, Elo has the Elo Pause and i-Series Touch computers, which are available in a variety of sizes, offer flexible mounting and support for easy customization with a variety of Elo Edge Connect accessories to choose from for self-service and point-of-sale applications. If an all-in-one solution is what your customers need, Elo PayPoint has you covered, offering everything a merchant needs with a fully integrated receipt printer, barcode scanner, cash drawer, and MSR, all in a compact, sleek design. Now, Dean, I'm so old that when I worked in retail, it was a giant, bulky computer with a green screen monitor. <laughs> yes. Certainly no touch capabilities at all. Right. If I wanted to check inventory or prices or Not gonna place an order, I had to go over to a desktop computer nearby. Another terminal. Also without a touch screen. Yes. Uh, these youngsters have no idea how good they have. Yes, That's all I'm saying. The pain that you went through to forge to get to where we exactly. are Exactly. Yeah. I crawled so they could walk. Yes. Walked so they could run. Yeah. I, I, I crawled dude. so they could run. They're, dude, they're running with yeah. touchscreen. Absolutely. Exactly. So yeah. that's the story you can tell your customers about how good they have it and, and that they need these. <laughs> to learn more about how Elo can simplify your next POS project, check out the link in the show notes or contact your Blue Star Elo representative. Do you create innovative, problem-solving software but struggle to expand your audience or engage with hardware manufacturers? Do you, Dean? Uh, yes. No, you do, you, no I oh, don't. Uh, but I see the problem. Go ahead. I would love I'm intrigued. To, I'd love to hear what your, your software is. <laughs> 
Zebra is ready to help with their Partner Connect program for yes. software developers. Yes. As a member, you can take advantage of development support, go to market tools and resources, and collaborate to establish new reseller relationships. Bingo. We love that. that. Absolutely. Well, this whole Tech Connect program, it's all about yep. that. Yep. Yep. Uh, Zebra will also provide technical support, testing, discounted demo equipment, and more while improving your visibility with their partners, resellers, and sales. See, team. you're getting into the ecosystem. Look at it. They, they're giving you all these tools, too. If you're, demo if you're listening to this show and you're not involved in this stuff, what are you doing what, here? What, exactly. I this mean, is a great program. Exactly. Get all in. To learn more, watch an overview video and sign up. The key part, sign up. <laughs> check out the link in the show notes. While you're there, check out Blue Star's Tech Connect program. Yeah, absolutely. Designed to help you engage across the reseller ecosystem and provide additional opportunities to network, meet new partners, and even take advantage of our unique end-user marketing strategies. Sign up now at techconnect.com. Thank you.